0: Welcome back to the Joy of Aquatics on this beautiful day, which is actually the International Water Safety Day in 2020. That's right people, May 15th every year is International Water Safety Day. Now I say beautiful because I am at the beach. You may be able to hear the waves behind me. You may get to hear the breeze brushing past me, but I am at the beach. I had to get out. I couldn't stay there any longer. I couldn't stay in my office any longer. So, now after talking to Roz Laurie last week about swimmers with autism, I thought this was actually the perfect time to get my interview with Erica Gleason from Autism Swim out to everyone. Now, I did speak to Erica a little while ago, but the COVID 19 situation sort of forced a change in my content order. So I figured with it being International Water Safety Day and a lot of the swim school owners and managers are busy trying to figure out how to get their facilities open and lessons back on track especially now that restrictions are starting to be lifted. I thought I would get this information out to you teachers for some more information on qualifications, updates and professional development that's available to you guys. Now, I thought this was really important, especially on today, because Erica was telling me about the statistics of how children with autism are much more likely to drown. But I think I just need to cut to her interview and she can tell you all about it herself. Guys, it's an eye opener. These stats show just how much work we have left to do in our industry. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to cut over to that. All right, with me right now is Erica Gleeson from Autism Swim. Erica, how are you? I'm really well, thanks, Joy. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Erica, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Okay,
1: well, I am a senior behavior specialist by trade. So I have spent my whole career working with people who have autism and or intellectual disability, and they exhibit some sort of um, behavior of concern um so that's sort of my background and then about uh four years ago five years ago I stumbled across the drowning statistics for those who have autism and that is that they are 160 times more likely to drown than their peers wow um crazy I know yeah. and, and I, I it's so crazy that I I thought that it was a typo and I thought well if I've been doing this my whole career and I didn't know that I was working with professors at the time I started to talk with them they, they had never heard of this and so I, I um, began to uh, dig quite deep to understand why that was the case and there's probably about seven or eight key reasons as to why people with autism are at such high risk compared to their peers um, but as a result of scratching the surface with all of that I became really desperate for the clients that I was working with to engage in swimming services but when i went and had a chat with the local pools none of them were prepared to take them on they said yeah. look if if they're if if they need you a senior behavior specialist on board then we're certainly not equipped to support them we don't well, we sort of seem to have failure after failure and we um it's just not really uh what we specialize in or what we're good at so we aren't able to take your swimmers on um, and I said to them, look, if I give you training and resources and support, would you? And then it sort of just snowballed from there. I didn't quite realise that there was this this national issue with people really needing specialised support in this area. And then it became international very quickly. And now we're operating in 12 countries. So
0: wow. it's
1: basically everything to do with education in and around the water for those with autism and other and/or other abilities.
0: Wow, that's fantastic! So, Autism Swim is an education organisation that you have created. Is that correct? I guess you could you could
1: summarise it as that. Yeah, it's it's an international social enterprise, and we specialise in wandering, water safety, and swimming for those who have autism and other abilities. So. The the main way that the organisation works is that we provide the training and the resources and the support to aquatic professionals so that they're better geared to teach those who have other abilities and as a result they get listed on our website um, so parents can find them. So that's the main way that the organisation operates but that in itself is not going to be enough to change the drowning statistics so we had to develop other solutions to some of those problem areas that I mentioned earlier. So... We also run uh, workshops for parents and we have a wandering and drowning prevention toolkit. We run modified nippers programs. We're soon to be launching a, a water safety app. So we're doing everything that we can within the sphere of the, the problem space in order to turn those statistics in another direction.
0: That's awesome. Well done. Thank you. Thanks, Joy. <laughs> I appreciate that.
1: Fantastic. It's been a, it's been a, a big, big Four or five years for us, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Quite the journey. To get all of that up and going in four or five years is amazing. So, Thank you. How many people have you put through training already?
1: Um, currently, we've got a bit over 700 autism swim approved instructors around the world. And that's growing rapidly every month. So, um I mean, obviously it's hard to then work out how many people with other abilities we have been able to provide services to because some of those providers are working with 100 kids a week because they work in school swimming and some might only have three or four. So yeah. we can average it out to sort of maybe 15 a week from, from our research. Um, so that's 15, time, 15 times 7,000 really that, of lives that are being impacted in a, in a more specialised way.
0: That's brilliant. Oh my goodness! Mm. What an inspirational woman you are.
1: Oh no, I don't know about that. I don't. Um, it's just it, to be honest, a lot of this has been accidental, and it's just um, identifying an issue that really just doesn't didn't sit well with me at all, and realizing that I just so happened to have the um, the expertise to be able to do something about it, and so I think. Um, it's just a matter of going into action mode. I don't look at it as inspirational. In fact, I think the swimmers that we're that we're supporting are, the, are far more inspirational than I am.
0: Ah, oh, spoken like a true inspirational woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't take it. I won't.
0: <laughs> All right, Erica. Let's talk about autism for a while, or for mm-hmm. a moment, or at least the autism spectrum. Sure. What? Are some of the things that we might see from people on the spectrum?
1: Um, well, we all know that people with autism present very differently. So you might meet somebody with autism who um, has an incredibly high IQ and can tell you every capital city to every country in the world and actually functions really quite well within um, our world. So catches public transport, works things like that. And to the contrary, you can have somebody else with autism who may not communicate verbally, who may have very restricted interests, um, who may engage in repetitive behaviors and who may not communicate through verbal means. So those two people have the exact um, same same thing. They both have autism, but it, it manifests differently. So In terms of the swimming world um, or the aquatics world, some of the things that you may see are individuals who communicate differently. So they may not engage in backward and forward conversation. They may not communicate verbally. So they may use some sort of sign language. They may use their iPad um, as a communication device, just as some examples. Mm. Um, Sensory challenges are very, very common. Behaviour challenges are common. Um, people with autism tend to learn in specific ways. Their, their, their brains um, have, are very much um, aligned with certain learning types rather than others. Um, so you, you're looking at, um, there's three main criteria that people tend to have to fit into to receive a, an autism diagnosis. But in saying that, you could meet a hundred people with autism and you will see 100 different presentations of autism, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess that's why Mm -hmm. they call it a spectrum.
1: They do indeed. Yeah. Because it's just so broad. So, um, the, the first example that I gave in terms of the person who's got an incredibly high IQ, um, that once upon a time would have been referred to as Asperger's, but that's no longer uh, a separate diagnosis now. It all just falls under the heading of autism and it is representational of the fact that people sit at different spots along that autism
0: spectrum. Okay. Hmm. All right. So what are some of the things that teachers might be able to do to assist some kids that present with autism
1: um well autism is incredibly complex and i think sometimes people have the misbelief that they can do a one-hour training session and, and all of a sudden their their lessons are going to transform and it doesn't quite work like that because we're talking about so many different presentations it's more about developing a deeper understanding of what those different presentations might be. So when I talk about sensory challenges, what does that mean? What what, what what might we see in a sensory seeker versus sensory avoider? What are some adaptations in the pool environment we might need to make? What do we need to think about in terms of our equipment use? Um, behaviour challenges, why does behaviour actually what's the communication behind it Um, so there are all these things that it it is quite complex Um, and so I think you know you can't expect anybody to to automatically have the tools necessary to teach those with autism or or other abilities without specific education and resources so um, I I think that's something that we that's really important to note when working with those who have autism or other abilities things are going to look different in terms of lessons in in a range of different ways. So that enrolment process is going to look different. You're going to need to be asking different questions. Um, there's There's probably going to be some sort of meet and greet before actually lessons start. That person with autism might need to drive past the pool eight times before they're prepared to even put a foot inside the door. So that in itself is going to look a little different. And then we move on to things like Goal setting, and I think that there's often a, a bit of a misconception that people are going to swimming lessons to learn how to swim. And yeah. for a lot of the little ones that we work with, that's actually not the case. Sorry, a lot of the little ones and big ones that we work with, that's actually not the case. They might yeah. be coming to um, to their aquatic session for water therapy or socialisation. So to build a relationship with somebody other than mum or dad. Um, it could be to engage socially with others it could be to help with low muscle tone so the goal there's there's going to have to be some sort of goal setting session where one just doesn't assume it's to learn how to do freestyle because actually in the grand scheme of things that tends to be pretty low on the priority list for a, a lot of the the swimmers that we work with, um, and obviously, the approach is going to be different. So, we know that the autistic brain acquires skill sets in, in certain ways, um, and so, what how someone would typically teach freestyle is, is not is, is most likely not going to work for our swimmers with autism because that's just not how they learn. So, I guess it's about seeking um, support in understanding the different areas that somebody might need support and then having a toolbox available to you because you might find the absolute winning strategy that works today and you're like, gosh, I really don't know why I hadn't thought of this before. This is, you know, golden ticket. And then that strategy doesn't work tomorrow. In fact, it's a complete disaster. And so you need to have a fairly robust toolbox where you can sort of draw upon your next strategy that you think might be the the next best thing to try um, rather than just flying blind because um, as I said it is quite complex and um, things have a tendency to go wrong pretty quick and that's when we start to see things like water trauma developing.
0: Okay yeah so I can imagine then that um, forming those parent relationships is really important if you're teaching mm. a child with autism.
1: Absolutely. it's um, Communication is just so pivotal um, because, you know, even if we just go back to the, the notion of goals, mum and dad might might have something specific in mind that they're at, at that your session for. So let's just say it's to help with low muscle tone and, um, yet you're launching into bubble bubble blowing because you think that's just where that child should be at so that communication is incredibly important it also is incredibly important in the world of the NDIS and funding because these swimmers are probably using their NDIS funding in which case what you're working toward in those sessions needs to match with the goals that have been stipulated on their NDIS plan Um, it might be you know a lot of the time we're working. A lot of our autism swimmer career providers have redigged their whole enrolment process now, understanding the questions that they need to ask. So, um, you know, which of these is is the way that your child communicates? What are some behaviour challenges that we might see? And and as a parent, you've probably seen these before. So, what do you think that we should be um, employing more of in our lesson or what do you think might make it worse what can we use as reinforcement so these questions which don't tend to be on a typical um, a neurotypical enrollment form uh, are things that are this is really important information to get from our parents
0: yeah like I can imagine mm-hmm. um, and this is all the type of stuff that they would be learning if they came through autism swim and became certified autism swim instructor is that right
1: yes that is right so the the certification process um, involves online training modules and then once they're completed it's about engaging in monthly resources and undertaking a three-monthly quiz so the idea is that it's not super time intensive but it's about ongoing professional development because research tells us that you can attend the best training session you've ever attended in your whole life but the uh, typical brain usually only retains most of that content for three months and so the idea with the certification is to continually sort of drip feed new information through so that things stay interesting and relevant um, without feeling like it's a, a huge burden on the little time the little free time that Uh, aquatic professionals have
0: yeah all that almost sounds like what lifeguards have to do with their professional development every three months so
1: I am learning a little bit more about the world of lifeguards because we're getting more and more requests for lifeguards to become autism approved as well Mm -hmm. so understanding what to do when someone's having a meltdown or if they can't tolerate equipment or they need to be rescued but they can't they don't want to be touched um, different ways of, of changing your messaging so it's more uh, widely understood. So, I am starting to learn a little bit more about the world of lifeguards, and um, it does sound quite similar to what they have to do in terms of their ongoing professional development.
0: Yeah, well, we've had an incident mm. up here with one of our lifeguards who frightened a boy that has autism uh. um, who was running on the concrete. So, you know, she, she did her job and pulled him up, but the way she spoke to him, um, she's really put him off and he won't come back to the facility. Oh, yeah. So it's it's hard and it's sad and and um yeah, there's definitely a need out there. So thank you for doing what you do.
1: Oh no, it's it's an absolute pleasure. It's um I feel like I've got the the greatest job in the world. And when I hear stories like that it just devastates me because I think there's just you know, right. as you said, such a huge need for it, and if yeah. people could just have a desire to to understand different strategies and be more inclusive, then those sorts of things wouldn't happen. So, for a, a prime example of that is um, in terms of pool rules, we typically tend to tell children or, or patrons what not to do. So, no running, no splashing. And I know you probably know this already from your behavioural expertise, but um, we always encourage telling them what to do instead because telling someone what not to do takes double the cognitive capacity to then work out what I'm what am I supposed to be doing instead so instead of saying yeah. no running we would say walking mm-hmm. walking we yeah. only walk around the pool <laughs> um, and so I wonder if that was a factor in that particular scenario that you just um, explained but either way it's it's very sad for everybody
0: yeah yeah And it, it mm-hmm. wasn't in that particular scenario that's one thing we train mm-hmm. all of our lifeguards on to say walking instead of no running okay and, yeah. great but I think it was more of her tone so yeah, but you know what? It was a good lesson for all of our lifeguards mm. up here. Um, so yeah, we've we've learnt and um, mm. hard conversation with mum, obviously. But you know the the other thing that we've experienced up here in our aquatic facility is we have an eighteen hole themed mini golf course, and mm. as you go through, there are sound effects. And the sound effects have actually set off a couple of the sensory sensitive kids as well. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. now something we have to say, you know, please be aware there are sound effects. So, yeah, I'm I'm wondering actually if all of this um, new, all of this for teachers learning how to communicate in a different way. And of course, you don't know who's at your pool. You don't know Um, If someone um, has autism or not when they are around your facility, is this Mm. going to change how we as humans actually communicate with each other? I think it's going to.
1: I think so because probably the, the biggest piece of feedback that we get in terms of our education is that instructors or teachers or therapists say to us, um, I've found the strategies to be incredibly helpful with my mainstream kids as well. Yeah. And so it's just about um, tailoring communication, not specific to those who have autism, but to those who's who have a, a, a wide array of, of needs. And so I tend to adopt the principles that I preach in my day-to-day life and they work. Yeah. And so I think it's just... Um, I think over time, I don't know what's happened. I don't know where it all fell by the wayside, but human beings generally have in many respects uh, lost strong communication skills Yeah. and continue to communicate ineffectively. And so I, I hear your point and I do – I do actually agree and think that as we as society absorb more information, understand people's needs a little bit better, that um, our day-to-day communication will inevitably change.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to improve with specificity, just being specific Mm. about what we're saying and our intentions as well. Mm. There's
1: a quote that I tend to uh honing on a lot which is that um if you've told a child a thousand times and he or she still doesn't learn then it is not the child who is the slow learner and yeah that is something that is very relevant to colleagues to parents to family members it's about why continue to communicate if it's not actually effective is this is this communication having any sort of positive outcome? Is it moving in the direction we want it to? If not, then it's ineffective communication, in which case you might as well be talking to it, the brick wall.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Let's change. Let's change the way we can communicate. Let's change. For sure. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. All right, so Erica, if someone wants to um, get more involved with Autism Swim or find out more about you, where can they find you or how do they get involved?
1: Everything's on our website, so um, it is autismswim.com.au and that's where you can find out more about the organisation and the different services that we offer. It's where you can sign up to become Autism Swim approved if you think that that's the right avenue for you. Um, it's basically a bit of a one-stop shop for everything Autism Swim related, so I would suggest that that uh, that's sort of the, the first point of call.
0: Excellent fantastic thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it i know your time is very valuable
1: not a problem joy thanks so much for your interest and your support for the work that we're doing it's been a pleasure
0: you're welcome well there you have it guys this has made me think a lot of us are in this industry to help reduce drowning stats but how much are we helping our most at-risk populations what else can we do I'm sure we can do more now we are aquatic educators but most of us only educate when we're in the water when we're in the pool there is so much more we can do than that so I'm challenging you guys to post something as a minimum post something on your social media whether it's your personal page or your business page send it out as a newsletter to your database I don't care or to all the people you have in your emails and um, your, all your email contacts, you know what I mean, right? Now, share some info, but don't just share the statistics about drowning from this interview or from Royal Life Savings Drowning Report. Let's share what Erica said. Let's tell people what they should be doing to stay safe. So we should be telling them to walk around the pool, wear life jackets, swim between the flags, um, and some things that a lot of the general public don't know, like stay afloat and wave Um, lay down to reach and rescue someone Um, swim with a friend a lot of people still think they can go swimming on their own and that's just not okay and stay sober on the water that's another big one so guys let's make sure we are practicing what we preach Of course, if we're telling other people that this is how it should be done, we need to make sure we are doing that as well. So guys, that is it from me. If you can, happy swimming, happy creating, happy educating, and happy International Water Safety Day. Until next time.